Hello everyone, welcome back. This is the Town Manager Download, a podcast about local government and the town of Shrewsbury. Today's episode is part two of our two-part series covering the 2030 Shrewsbury Strategic Plan and process improvement. We are joined today by Julie Tierney, the town's business system analyst, to talk about process improvement and agile management in a little bit. I'm Kevin Mizikar, town manager of the town of Shrewsbury, and as always, I'm joined by principal department assistant, Taylor Galusha. Welcome, Taylor. What's up? Welcome, Julie. Julie's hey, here too. Thanks for Great having to have me. you. I'm super core excited to be here. Of, core member of Team TM, as we call ourselves, the town manager's office. So, um, in part one of this two-part episode, we talked about planning um, and the content of Shrewsbury's 2030 strategic plan. So if you haven't listened, I encourage you to hop back one episode and, and uh, because in this episode, we're really gonna build from there. Uh, at the end of the last episode, we talked about how long it took us to develop the strategic plan and how important it was to go through that robust community engagement but we can't just let it sit on the shelf. We've right. really got to move it forward, put our money where our mouth is, and uh, take this plan on and, and drive towards that vision for the community uh, that's been set for 2030 and beyond. So we're gonna talk about implementation um, a little bit more. Um, and um, I think it's really important that folks get to know all our guests a little bit, Julie. So. Um, you are probably the least traditional local government employee that we've had. <laughs> Thank uh, you for on, that. <laughs> on, the, on the show thus far. So you win that award. Okay. Uh, it's subject to be removed and given <laughs> to someone else. Um, but why don't you tell us about your career path, uh, when you came to the town of Shrewsbury, how local government is, um, how long you've been with the town, kind of all those yeah. things. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, happy to give you the background. I think it's a, a fairly unusual path, I think, in terms of local government. So I, you know, for my whole career, I've been in the consumer electronics industry. And I say whole career, people are like, how long is that? Two years, three years? <laughs> uh, it's like 28, 29 years. Um, so I, I actually graduated with a background that's not remotely connected to government at all. So my graduate degree was in um, product design um, from Glasgow School of Art in Scotland, which is why I sound like this. Oh, it's not a Boston accent? <laughs> no, sir. Oh. <laughs> no, sir. Um, Just clarifying for my yep. mom, she listens. Uh, you're <laughs> wicked smart. Yeah, no, so I yeah, graduated in Scotland and then went to work um, for IBM, who were local in Scotland. Um, so went to work for Big Blue, as they call it. And that was a wonderful place to learn about product design, development, how a business runs, how you build things to satisfy customers, and really, you know, the whole machine. And mm -hmm. It was such a great way to learn, um, and I got to travel the world with IBM, which was lovely, you know, from Scotland to Asia to Europe to the US. And then quickly, um, I was offered an international assignment to the US. So I hopped on a plane and came to the US in Raleigh, North Carolina, which was uh, their headquarters there mm -hmm. for, for IBM. And did the same thing, but just in a different location with different people. Um, and, you know, kind of stepped up through the ranks to, you know, manager and eventually director. And, and then um, 
and then I had two children. Well, then I didn't have two at the same time. That would be a feat, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, I, I had my first child. Some people child. do that. Some yeah, people some do people that. do. Yeah. They do. I was fortunate to have them one at a time. <laughs> um, and then I decided at that point there was so much travel involved in my role that I was looking for something with less travel. And I got recruited from IBM by Bose Corporation um, and made my way from the south to the north, which people tell me is the wrong direction to be mm. going, apparently, but I don't agree. Mm. Um, and so I really fell in love with Boston and the Northeast. And in fact, it felt much closer to home for me, not just geographically, mm -hmm. but actually um, just the way people are. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a big city. It's more dynamic. Mm -hmm. It's people are straight shooters. They, mm -hmm. you know, there's it's just more straightforward. So yeah. uh, I moved here and I moved directly to the town of Shrewsbury after a very rigorous search Interesting. of all the other surrounding towns, including I could name them all. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we don't want to shame them. No, we don't. And so I really, really fell in love with Shrewsbury. I had a lot to offer. Felt like a great place to raise a young family and good schools, low crime, beautiful environment, close to the beach, close to the mountains. So, um, yeah, I, my very first place was in Lantern Lane in Shrewsbury. And yeah. yeah, lived there for quite a while, 15 years, and then just recently moved, but still in Shrewsbury to another, another part. Nice. So, yeah, I uh, have never worked for a government before. Yeah. So you found your way from Bose yeah. to the Shrew. Yes, to the Burry. To the Burry. So tell us about that. Yeah, so um, with my, my role at Bose, mm -hmm. um, I, was in, I was supporting one of their kind of incubation divisions. So mm -hmm. um, as a director for that department, um, they were going through a lot of strategic changes mm -hmm. and um, they decided to reduce their staffing sure. by a substantial amount mm -hmm. um, and as a result I was part of that that you know let letting go period mm -hmm. of, of a lot of staff um, me and all the people that were supporting that business unit and that was quite a shock after 15 years, but it gave me a lot of, so they were a wonderful company to deal with and they're a great employer and stuff, but it gave me a lot of time to really think about what I wanted to do and what was next for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I knew that I didn't want to just jump from the same role with another company because yeah. I felt like after 28 years of being in the same field, um, it was time for a complete change. I also knew that I had sacrificed a lot in terms of the time and mm -hmm. effort that these senior roles often require, um, as you probably know yourself, yeah. right? Um, you might not make all the games or the practices. No. You're not there for things that you should be with your family. Right. And, and I decided that I wanted to really capture the time that I had left with my kids are both teens. Mm -hmm. They need you more than they think mm. they do. Okay. Don't tell them, Don't tell them that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so I wanted to find somewhere that I could strike that right balance. Um, and I wanted to honestly do more local than global. Um, I felt like I could have maybe more of an impact 
with the skills that I had acquired through my career. So I started looking locally and I actually applied for a temp role at the town and I thought it would be a great way to test out whether I, you know, liked the town and, and, and whether the town could use my skills and be a good, good way to look at it. And uh, part of the interview process, it became kind of clear that we weren't going to allow you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut to the chase. Well, well, there were other opportunities that I yeah. honestly had just like skimmed over. Sure. And, um, and I'm really thankful that you guys were like, why don't you take a, another look at that? And, and even just in the conversation, so the, the role itself, right, which is the business systems analyst, I had thought was going to be highly technical um, mm -hmm. when I first read the uh, JD, the job description for it. And in talking with you and the IT department and the rest of the team that were on the interview panel, it was more like change management, uh, which I've done a lot of in, mm -hmm. in my 28 years. And so you guys put my mind at ease that it was less highly technical in terms of IT-based systems um, and more generalist, uh, which is definitely the skill set that I could apply. So Maybe. I thought, why not? Give it a go. Yeah. And here I am, what, seven and a half, eight, seven, seven and a half months later. Something like that. Yeah. And now we're desk buddies. We are, Taylor. And I we, cannot we thank you. We candy together and English muffins. <laughs> we do. We it do. All comes out. I'm going to have her drinking tea in no time. <laughs> so um, I want to get into, we're going to tie this into the strategic plan, but your uh, time with the town. Um, beyond sharing candy with Taylor has, has <laughs> dovetailed really well with us putting the strategic plan in place. So uh, you've done a lot of kind of digging, investigating. Uh, the vision for your position, which you've carried out beautifully, is that um, at least whenever I was trying to sell it, is the town had done a good job over the last decade plus of moving to a digital environment, putting software in place to automate our business processes and systems and uh, key components of our business. Um, but we had a lot of stovepipes and, and we weren't well integrated. And as we emerge into uh, more of a city than a small town and, you know, we have 40,000 residents and, and, you know, thousands of permits each and every year and, and probably tens of thousands of interactions with customers, we could see that our, our systems uh, where they used to be good enough in and of itself to just automate or plop a piece of software in place, um, weren't really providing the results that we wanted. So talk about what you've done over the last seven months, the investigation, the process, what you've yeah. learned. It was, yeah, sure. It was, um, I have to say, a, a really great way of actually coming on board um, here at the time because I got to kind of round robin with every department, right? Everything from how does your water and sewer work to yeah. how do you, how do the schools function? How does the electric company work? How, you know, police or fire? So it was, a, it was a really good learning curve for me because I never honestly had to think about how my town really worked behind the scenes. So part of what I did was actually meet with the departments, department leaders and kind of dig into what systems they were using what their workflows were like, what their business practices were like, um, and kind of do an inventory. Um, and it was really clear that there was a lot of 
great progress, like you said, but a lot of siloed operations, right? Um, and I think what what's great about this role is for the first time, somebody's actually connecting the dots between departments and workflows and tools and kind of saying, hey, this system that you're using over here actually has much more capability than you are using it for. So looking at underutilizations, looking at new and different tools that might be able to do things better mm -hmm. um, than they currently are. Uh, really just looking at value for money, what we're getting, how we're using it, mm -hmm. and how we could be using it differently. Yeah. Um, and, and also, as well as overlaps, seeing gaps, so things that we may or may not have that we could use that would help us just be more efficient um, and just have more data so that mm -hmm. we have the right data to start working from. So what is what are those numbers? What is that data that, that you've seen? Like how many systems? Oh yeah. Like what sure. does that look like in our current environment, and where do you think it we could go? Yeah, it was a it was a it was an expedition unearthing that these <laughs> these these stats. I'll tell you. Um, so we have over fifty different software types uh, within the town, um, at a cost of annually of about one and well, 1.4, close to $1.5 million, just in ongoing maintenance, software support fees. Um, so that's a, that's a significant amount. Not so much in terms of the value because more and more software as a service is kind of where things are going. You don't just pay for the software anymore and you use it perpetually for free. You mm -hmm. kind of pay for storage, you pay, right. you know. So it was more the 50 plus that was the thing that really opened my eyes um, where it seemed like departments had through no fault of their own just acquired things organically mm -hmm. without much cross-functional vetting mm -hmm. well, not vetting but cross-functional review mm -hmm. right hey could you guys use this too if we both use this then we don't need two we could use one things like that right um so the 50 plus was the thing that surprised me. Mm -hmm. um, I do think that number can can come down mm -hmm. quite significantly. Mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't have a optimal mm -hmm. target, but certainly substantially down from 50 to and something I, smaller. And I think what I've learned throughout this process too is that we we haven't necessarily asked the right questions, right? So you would think in some instances it is true that you know the the fire department couldn't use the police department system or you know why would a building permit system also be able to be used for dog licensing right so right. you need is one of the things that i was excited about getting funding for this position for for town meeting is really having that dedicated resource to ask the right questions yep. and take the time to think about it because i didn't know it was a million and a half you know i didn't know that the number was 50 i just you know collectively we all knew as a leadership team that we had a lot out there and that um, even the individuals departments who were the key users of software systems knew that they weren't getting the most out of it yeah. even, you know so uh, the the building for instance you know the building inspector's office and the building permit system they wanted to make changes and we couldn't bring those to fruition um, or 
um, the key financial team in our, in our uh, accounting and financial management software was always frustrated by some aspect of, of the software that we're using. So having a dedicated resource to put that there, but we learned so much more by asking the questions that you know, you've enabled us to ask and, and look at it. Um, and you've just, you brought a different approach into um, this that I could have never envisioned because of your skill set. So that's why, and it was David Snowden, he gets all the credit in the world, was, you know, well, let's put a hold on this part-time job and <laughs> let's move you to the right interview process with the town. So I commend him for having that vision and knowing what the town needs and, and everything that was on the table. But we have to do this we're going to have to do this time and time again and in different ways and manners as we implement the strategic yep. plan so you took a you took software on as kind of the 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 test of you know business process or the thing that we need to work on but with the strategic plan and our business practices and our systems i think we're going to have to do this time and time and time again um, but you're very successful in doing that on a really short time frame and you and i have talked um, a lot about um, the approach that you've used that yeah. you've been you've used agile management techniques throughout your career yep. and you have certifications and skill levels so I feel very uh, humble just kind of thinking about agile management and how it could work for the town of Shrewsbury you know um, and you have a lot more knowledge of that so we have the strategic plan um, and it has the which five. is great by the way I, 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 I came in just as you guys were like wrapping it up and minting it and right. it's fantastic yeah so w we have those five outcome areas and we want to really drive change and um, we want to drive change by supporting departments and really ha helping them tackle their challenges they have with internal business processes and the external ways program services that they provide to residents so what is your thought like how have you how did you take on your first project and how do you think we can benefit from that system thinking as we look at the strategic plan? Yeah, Agile is really just a methodology, right? It's a, it's a way of thinking about intact. So you, it really stems from the software world, which mm -hmm. I have experienced in my previous career. And it's really a methodology of continuous improvement, right? And it's learning by doing, not like some other methodologies like Lean Six Sigma, right? Where it's more methodical, paper-based, you know, you think it all out ahead of time, heavy documentation and you run. Mm -hmm. Agile is much more learn by doing. Mm -hmm. um, shorter time, people empowerment, tackling the problem, chunking it down to bite-sized pieces that you can make real progress on quickly. Mm -hmm. um, or sprints as they're called mm -hmm. in the agile world, mm -hmm. right? And that's really the approach that I took with the software was, I mean, I kind of came in thinking, how do, you, how do you start? And you basically start with one department at a time, right? Mm -hmm. You build your findings and then you create your hypothesis as you go and you test that hypothesis by connecting back with the people involved, right? So it's really about team, team connection, it's about iteration, plan, do, check, adjust, plan, do, check, adjust. And you just keep cycling through that and creating value at the end of the day. Because if you're not, then you're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and I mean, I, I think the value that you you know you show through the first project is is really beyond what we could have have expected. Um, and when you're going through that, I know that you were looking at software, but you were also thinking about how that worked, like how departments were going about their business, where things connected and where things different. And I think my honest look at that from what you've provided is that we have to maybe even take a step back to pre-software environment, make sure we have business processes exactly. and practices in place to work on. Yes. There's always this, um, I don't know what you want to call it, but you could say, well, let's deploy a software solution to fix the problem. But if you don't have a really stable, solid, repeatable foundation, you're, you're just going to magnify whatever is potentially erroneous in that process, right? So first you need to sort out your processes, your workflows, make sure your standard operating procedures are just that. They're standard, everybody knows them. It's repeatable, it's error-free. And then you can attach the right software solution to that, but that's the cherry on top. It's not where you begin. Um, so yeah, a lot of that was really uncovering, you know, variation in, in standards, mm -hmm. right, across the town and where we need to strengthen them and where we need to create them in some places. Um, and I think an area of creation that we need to do um, which shouldn't take a lot of creativity is key performance indicators. Yes. Right? Like how are we going to judge whether or not we're moving the needle in the direction that strate strategic plan wants us to move in and just common business functions? So, exactly. I mean, that's, you know, I think one of the steps, I think in every project that you take on, you learn where you need to accelerate, move forward, and where you need to take a step back. And I think, you know, we need to take a step back and make sure that we can baseline the work that we're doing for the residents and say, it takes this long to turn this around, it takes this long to turn that around. We have 80 people receiving this service and 35,000 receiving this one, and how do we compare and judge the value of all of those? So uh, key performance indicators. You got it, look at you. Yeah, I mean, you quickly came up with an 100 some page document of some California city or something that, that we can build from. So they're out there. But I mean, that's really behind the scenes, but it will ultimately play its hand and, and allow us to demonstrate to the residents the work that we're doing. Yeah. Um, but and make real changes in their lives. Ultimately, that's, that's the key, right? Mm -hmm. a, a, a KPI or a key performance indicator is about what, what are you going to try to measure? Mm -hmm. What is the right thing to measure for that discipline or that role, mm -hmm. right? How, how, well, how well are we performing right now in various aspects of the service that we provide? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that could be, it could be above par. It could be, could be on par. It might be below par. But I think it's good to just be honest with ourselves as to how our citizens would rate that service and how we relate, how our services relate to the other surrounding towns and communities that people might choose to join, right. right? And so once you know what it is that you should be measuring, then you can start to baseline the measurement and plan progressive improvement from there. Mm -hmm. um, and the wonderful thing about having KPIs at the global level, which you guys have done, I think with the strategic plan, you've really, you've shown the North Star You've given a long-ish 
ramp up to get there by 2030. But if you just take one of those like exceptional, becoming an exceptional town means that you know that you're exceptional, right? You gotta be able to measure how you compare. Right, walk the walk. Yes. Yeah. And so you've, you guys have set up a wonderful framework that I think everything needs to ladder up to. Um, and just having that level of transparency and visibility back to the community mm -hmm. will, will be great for them to know where, where they can expect to see improvements and where, where we can all pat ourselves on, on the back as a community of, of where we're doing great. Yeah, and I look forward to, you know, taking things in smaller bites maybe than I would have thought about previously and really, um, you know, I, th I think the benefit will be not, if we fail, we'll fail little, right? Yeah. And when we grow, we can grow iteratively and, and put the right plan in place. And I think that's really important in local government because local government is so risk averse because all of our activities are so public that we don't, I mean, no one wants to fail, let alone do you want to fail and know that you're going to be in the paper about it, right? Right. So, and, and I've never worked in the private sector, but I know that, um, Businesses that take risks often fail, but like if they fail small, you know, there's even less likelihood that anyone's going to find out about it, right? Because, right. you know, you don't want iPhone, you know, 15X to come out and just be a complete disaster. So you make all these little changes from iPhone 14 to, to 15 and beyond so you don't fail big, right? And, um, but the pressure is always on local government to never fail at all. And, and I, I don't think that's, healthy either. We need to find ways to improve. We want to focus on things like yard waste and how can we make it better? How can we make, you know, all of our services better? DPW is literally um, not in a humanly invasive way, but in an otherwise invasive way in everyone's home each and every day. We're putting water there. We're taking sewage, sewage out, you know, we're yeah. providing electricity to it. So our connection to the community is really deep. And when we make changes, we want to make sure that they're sound. Um, but we do want to continue to move the town forward. So Yeah, that's the great thing I think about the Agile principle, which is it's iterative, right? So you you might pilot a different way of doing something and you're going to check back in with your constituents, right? And get that real-time feedback about how, they, how they're perceiving it, right? Um, so that you can, if, like you said, if it's, if it's failing or it's not working for them, then you fix what's not working, right? Mm -hmm. So it really is a partnership with your customer right. at the end of the day. Um, we need their feedback. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just really a, a kind of a snapshot into our latest thinking. You know, we, we're building the fiscal year 24 budget and we're working with departments with how funding will tie with the strategic plan. It may not play, funding may not play an outsized role because we have a lot of that internal facing things and and um, setting up KPIs and, and things like that throughout the course of uh, the department, narrowing that software footprint and uh, making our operation, internal operations even more efficient. Um, ultimately, our goal with all of this is to be the best local government in the world and um, continue to drive that, you know, step by step each and uh, each and every day. So the strategic plan really sets us on that path and allows us to connect with the residents and know that as long as we're following that plan, 
that we're moving in the direction that they've asked us to move in. And um, you know, we're grateful for Julie to come in and really talk to us about you know some tactical ways that we can do this and the work that she's already done uh, to help us uh, make business process improvements and business systems improvements and being the best local government in the world. So that leads us to our the best segment of the town manager download, which is which is one of our favorite, just like every Fun. other episode. Yeah. So or every other uh, segment that we come up with. Toot our horn. No, horn. So, um, so the best. What's what's on the table for the best today, Shrewsbury? Well, I remember. Did you just call me Shrewsbury? I almost called you Shrewsbury. Yeah. I remember. Maybe we should just call you that. <laughs> we already have Shrew the bear. What's the bear's name? Barry. Yeah. Barry the Shrewsbury bear. Yeah, the little so, DPW mascot. Right. Yes. Yeah. We'll so, we'll save that name for him. We'll, have to we'll call, call you Taylor. How about that? That that works. Okay. We'll I think Taylor. my mom would prefer that. <laughs> Um, I thought of this one because we've always talked about different like traditions that we have with our families. So I wanted to see what everyone's favorite or the best tradition they have with their family. Hmm. That's a really good question. It is a good question. It's the best question. <laughs> oh God. Being Scottish, we have so yeah, many. Yeah, exactly. We oh. have so, I don't even know which one to pick. Oh no. Yeah, we've got a few. I would say the New Year's tradition is, is our P.S. to resistance. Okay. Uh, Tell us about that. It's 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 a lot of work. Um, so I, historically, you know, and again, this is in Scotland, mm -hmm. but I've carried it with me for my life <laughs> because I remember my mother cleaning like a maniac before we would call it the bells, right? Before the stroke of midnight. Okay. And your house has to be spotless, immaculately clean, because apparently. If it's not clean at midnight, it won't be clear for the rest of the year. So I, I, my kids know not to come near me on the <laughs> eve of, of New Year's because they will just be assigned a cleaning project. Right. So we gotta clean. And then at the stroke of 12, you have to do three things. Number one, you have to have a drink in your hand. Mm -hmm. You have to have silver coins in your pocket and you have to have something to eat. And that basically symbolizes that you'll always have food and, and water and you have to turn the money over at 12 o'clock. So you'll continuously have, you know, your finances will be flowing throughout the year. As well as that, you have to open two areas of the house, so like a door or a window, kind of opposing. To the outside. To the outside okay. at midnight. So there's a lot going on at this stroke of 12. <laughs> <laughs> and that's to let the old year out and you kind of talk about the things that happened that year. Maybe, maybe some people passed or maybe you mm -hmm. had wonderful, you know, babies were born or, you know, new careers or graduations or wonderful things. And then you talk about your, your, what you hope for the year ahead, you know, mm -hmm. so you kind of see the old year out and you greet the new year in. Interesting. So it's a lot going on. It is a lot. That's a heck of a minute. It sure is. It sure is. And it's a, it's a heck of a day in the run up yeah. to yeah. it. Right. So your kids are never around on New Year's Eve day then? Cause they no, they, be they, they love it. Okay. They do love it. That's awesome. Good. My turn. Yeah, it's your turn. Okay. <laughs> what do you think? Um, 
this is a newer tradition in my family, but the last like five years, um, the day after Thanksgiving, we go out to breakfast at this diner in my hometown. We get up like pretty early, like we'll go at like 8.30. I we'll love that. We'll go out to breakfast together after we've all spent dinner together yep. the night, or dunch as we call it, because we eat at like three o'clock or two o'clock. <laughs> uh, we'll go out to get diner breakfast at uh, Bob's back in Connecticut. Nice. So I'll give them a shout out. Bob's That's in Connecticut awesome. right there. Mm -hmm. Bob's Diner. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, so I f like feel like we have a, a ton of little traditions. And I, I mean, I grew up in a household with like really not strict traditions, but like, you know, we, we went to my grandmother's house on Sundays for, you know, for for, mm -hmm. for lunch or for dinner and for, you know, Christmas Eve, you know, if it was, you know, I was at you know, the same place, same year every time. And um, so I grew up in kind of that strict tradition, but, you know, since I've been married and had, uh, you know, have our own family, we've been less traditional maybe, but like the things that, you know, I love that we do is like just the simple things, like just pick up and go to the beach for the day. Um, you know, we've started a very expensive tradition of going to Disney a lot, <laughs> which, which Taylor talked about. I was going to say, you guys have something in yeah, common. That's my, yeah. that's my so, but we just love it. And I can't find a way to spend that kind of money anywhere else because like it won't live up in my mind. So, which is a problem, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like I've, you know, really, you know, enjoyed that. And I also think like back to like those you know, solid traditions and, and, you know, what were my parents' perspectives of them? Like, maybe they weren't as hard and fast for my mom as they were my dad. And, but like, as a kid, you're like, this is the only way life works, right? Right. But, I mean, you know, that tradition. And I'm still forward. carrying yes, it forward exactly. generation after yeah. generation. So it's interesting. Yeah. But. That's cool. Yeah. So that's, it's. Uh, I've never taken my kids to Disney. No. It's fun. Yeah, you can plan I, your vacation. We, yeah, we, <laughs> I know who to come to if I between well, we the two of you, I, I think I've got it covered. Yeah, we'll be happy to help. Just give us a few days of time, and we'll get you through all of it. Right, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. So, um, anything else you want to share about your time with the town, or thoughts moving forward with the strategic plan, or projects that you're looking forward to? Uh, just how really welcoming everybody was. Um, it was a really nice kind of personal introduction from everybody, which I guess from the world that I came from, it can sometimes seem a little impersonal. And, and this was a really stark contrast to that. And, and just having, having a good, good roomie like mm -hmm. Taylor here mm -hmm. to be able to bugger and ask questions. And you guys, everybody's just been so nice. Mm -hmm. It's a really great team. I do have to say that like um, your comment about you never thought about your local government much before you started working here, like that is the A++ of our job, right. which is funny, right? right? Like, <laughs> honestly, the less that you think about how your local government helps you, the better job we're doing in some ways. So we take that as a very high compliment, at least I do. Like that's like, we should be running in the background and not messing your life up. Right, yes, you exactly. Know what I mean? and, and we obviously strive to do much more than that, but you know, we're okay with that as well. We know everyone can engage all the time, doesn't have the opportunity, will only engage if things are going wrong. And so, the, you know. And that's okay, okay too. That too. Right, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's perfectly fine. We serve everyone 
uh, the same in the best way that we can. So, um, so that's great. I mean, I look forward to working with both of you in the implementation of the plan and, and continue to move things forward and supporting all the departments to that end, yep. uh, which is what I know we're all focused on in the coming months. So, Julie, I really have to thank you coming, for coming in and, and sharing your time and, and your story with us and all the things that you've been working on. This has been a, a, another great conversation on the Town Manager Download. Just a reminder to our guests, if you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at tmdownload at shrewsburyma.gov. On behalf, behalf of Taylor Galusha, I'm Kevin Mizikar. Thank you for listening.